Our first reading from the second book of Maccabees tells the super intense story of a family, a mother and her seven sons, who face martyrdom and somehow manage, by the grace of God, to hold strong, to persevere, even to death. One by one, their persecutors try forcing them to eat pork, which to our ears sounds like something that's very small and insignificant. We like bacon. And yet here we hear that the oldest of the brothers stands up and he speaks on behalf of the rest of his brothers. What do you expect to achieve by questioning us? We are ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our ancestors. Readings like this confront us. They force us to ask, am I ready to die for my belief in Jesus? Am I willing to go against the prevailing opinions and pressures? Am I prepared, by the grace of God, to resist and persevere in what I know to be true, even if all the world is against me? This family persevered. They stayed true. What about your family? What about your family? I was hanging out with some parishioners just the other day, and we got to chatting about how hard it is today to create good, healthy boundaries for our homes, for the domestic church, so that we can stay true in the face of opposition. They and so many other families like them are working incredibly hard to create a wholesome and healthy environment where their kids are not constantly bombarded by the deep confusion of our time. They so eagerly want to create a safe haven, a kind of mini-monastery where they can learn virtue together, be formed in the faith, pray, and grow closer to the Lord as a family. But that's so hard. And for a lot of families today, it might even sound impossible. There's so much pressure that works against that sort of lifestyle, right? There are forces at work that that seek to destroy that haven of the domestic church. Screens multiply. Internet access invades every space. Noise builds and builds and builds. Expectations from school and sports compound. TV shows and movies and books are more and more bold in promoting the world's false ideas of what it means to be a man, to be a woman, to be a father, to be a mother. At one point, the mom that I was, I was there visiting with, she said, Father, it's just so exhausting sometimes to always resist and protect. Even the stuff that we used to be able to just kind of assume was totally safe for our kids, now we have to be vigilant even over that. And I nodded and said, it's like, it's like you're always swimming upstream. And she just kind of responded, and it's kind of like, yeah, like always. In her voice, I could hear both the tiredness 
but also the hope and a fierce willingness to carry on. She knew it was worth it. But that doesn't make it easier, does it? So this morning, I just want to speak into that experience from this pulpit and publicly encourage all of the families of St. Bede who maybe feel worn out and maybe even feel a little bit defeated. I want to encourage you and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for swimming against the current. Thank you for investing daily in the formation of your children, for dragging them, all of them, to church every Sunday. Thank you for doing everything that you can to teach them the faith at home and introduce them to Jesus, to have a friendship with him. Thank you for coming up with all sorts of creative ways to live in this world, but not of it. Thank you for disciplining your children, for teaching them responsibility, helping them to take good risks. Thank you for doing all of that while also keeping up with laundry and paying the bills and buying groceries and fixing the leaks and paying exorbitant amounts on gas, driving people to sports and school, managing a budget. It's rough out there. The current is strong. But as G.K. Chesterton once put it so well, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. So take heart in the fact that you are alive. But I'm not going to lie to you. The current is only going to get stronger from here. Sister Lucia, one of the three visionaries of Fatima, once wrote a really famous letter wherein she wrote this. A time will come when the decisive battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage and family. And those who will work for the good of the family will experience persecution and tribulation. But do not be afraid, because Our Lady has already crushed his head. I love that quote because it communicates the intense gravity of what we are all facing at some degree or another, whether we realize it or not. But it also refuses to leave us in a place of fear and defensiveness. No, it instills a kind of holy defiance. A holy defiance. Yes, a Christian boldness. The gutsiness of the martyrs to swim upstream. The decisive battle will be in our living rooms, our bedrooms, at the family dinner table. Yeah, in so many ways it's already there. But do not be afraid. Our Lady has already crushed the head of the serpent. In the end, her immaculate heart will triumph. Jesus has already conquered the world. Christ is already risen. This month of November, we honor and pray for all of our faithful departed, all those family members and friends who have gone before us in faith. We visit cemeteries and we intercede for the dead. Why? Because we have that holy defiance in our hearts that death is not the end. That one day, every single cemetery, every single grave will be quaking with life again 
those dry bones will be rattling and flesh and sinew will once again be made whole. We believe in the resurrection of the body. That hope is certain and it is real. Therefore, we can be free and joyful in the face of our day-to-day martyrdoms, whatever you're facing. We can have guts. We can have a backbone in the face of pressure to conform and give up our faith. That's what we saw in the first reading from Maccabees, right? The one brother held out his hands. What an image. He holds out his hands, ready for them to be chopped off. And he says, it was from heaven that I received these. For the sake of his laws, God's laws, I disdain these hands. Because from him, I hope to receive them again. The other brother said, it is my choice to die at the hands of men with the hope that God gives me of being raised up by him. Our daily martyrdoms, big or small, should not be sad, bitter, resentful affairs. No, we go to our deaths with a kind of stubborn joy, a hope alive in our hearts. We face all of that growing animosity of our culture around us, not with clenched fists ready to lash out, but with hands open, ready to be crucified. Because we know and believe it was from heaven that I received these hands, and from the Lord himself, I hope one day to receive them again. So it's worth it. This is the stuff that forges saints. And saints produce more and more and more saints. They give us all hope that it's actually possible to be holy, to stand firm by the grace of God. It's all too easy to look around and get worried, right? It's easy to think that, well, Christianity's dying, all our efforts are in vain. But to that, C.S. Lewis wrote this. Again and again, the world has thought Christianity was dying. Dying by persecutions from without and corruptions from within. But every time, the world has been disappointed. The world is always disappointed. Its first disappointment, he says, was over the crucifixion. Because the man came alive again. This gives me a lot of hope, and it should give you hope as well. Ages where Christianity is supposedly dying, like ours, are the very ones that burst at the seams with saints. This is actually an exciting time to be a Christian. This is an adventurous time to raise a family. But we would be fools if we tried to go against the current on our own strength. We need God's grace, which is what St. Paul is so fervently praying for in our second reading this morning. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting encouragement and good hope through his grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen them in every good deed and word. Families, be encouraged. I pray that right now, right now, Jesus himself personally, personally encourages you. I pray that you would be filled with his spirit of encouragement right now. As one of your priests, I'm with you in this struggle, this martyrdom. There are other families at this parish and around the world in this martyrdom with you as well. The church is with you 
please do not isolate yourselves. Don't try to do this by yourself. Lean on one another. The enemy wants to cut you off from the herd and make you feel like you're just wasting your time and convince you to cave in to the pressure. Oh, how much easier it would be. How convenient to just stay home from church. Don't listen to that voice. Christ himself promises us the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Here's the deal. Fathers, mothers, Christian families, we need you to stand firm. We need your witness. I need your witness. As a priest, my life does not make sense apart from families living the gospel. You are a source of hope for us. This Tuesday, millions of Americans will cast their ballots, and for many, that's where their hope lies. That's where their hope lies, on whether this or that political party gets into power. Now, we ought to vote, and we ought to do so to the best of our abilities, according to our well-formed consciences, guided by the teachings of Christ and his church. This is a very important election, of course. But that's not where our hope lies. That's not where my hope is. What gives me hope? What gives me the guts to try swimming against the current is that the Lord has promised us resurrection. That's our hope. What gives me hope is God working through ordinary families like yours who bear witness to that truth regardless of any circumstances. Your family is meant to be a witness to resurrection hope. Your fearless willingness to die rather than transgress the path that Christ has marked out for us, that straight and narrow path, that gives us permission to believe that it is possible to be holy. It gives us permission to believe that there's more to life than what this present world offers. It's proof that there is another way to live, a better way. Step up to that challenge. As Pope St. John Paul II always seemed to say, Christians, be who you are. Families, be who you are. Be what you are. Don't compromise. Be ready to die rather than give up your identity in Jesus. Because our God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living.